zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. Hi folks, Timothy Harvey. The Outbreak Challenge, OutbreakChallenge.com, has become a sponsor of Zompocalypse Now. Use your real-life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. You can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real-life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, outbreakchallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code Zombie Run to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, Zombie Run you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode do you fear the zombie uprising are you prepared to survive what's coming if you listen very carefully you might just make it out alive this is Zompocalypse Now. I don't know what you mean. We never have anything resembling shenanigans here. I was, was going to say this is a serious show. Hopes and joys, but we never had those. From week to week, I can't remember what happened. Well, I have have a problem remembering the older episodes. Huh. Goodness. Could you be referring in some oblique manner to this week's episode? Hi, folks. This is Zompocalypse Now podcast, or at least it is as far as we remember. I used to be Timothy Harvey. I recall being Dustin. I think I'm Edward Schmidtbeck. Edward! So good to to have you you on the show. (laughs) Curtis, Curtis, you can call me Curtis for the purpose of this episode. This is the 11th episode of the seventh season of Fear the Walking Dead, otherwise known as We Don't Know How Radiation Works season. And um, it's... And why, why do they keep just trying to break Dustin's season? Duh. Do they just want, I mean... You didn't enjoy this one? Do they want to hurt me? Oh, Dustin, yes, yes. They, delim- they yes. I think it's it's been very, very clear for a long time that there is an active desire to injure the audience. Possibly you specifically, but Mm-mm. just the audience in general, uh, with this show and uh parts of the regular show as well. I personally think World Beyond was a personal attack. Um I, but- I really need to go. I really feel like I want to go back and watch uh the second season of that show. <laughs> we we probably have to at some point just because yeah. because we're completionists yeah. and it actually actually hurts a little when you think about the fact that we didn't finish it well uh, doing violence to ourselves is really what this show has always been about yeah that's so, true 
Speaking of doing violence uh, to yourself, we have a Patreon account. And if you want to do a little violence to yourself financially, you can give us some money. Um, that would be fantastic. You don't have to, of course, but we'd love to have you guys be part of that. You can check out Zompocalypse now on Patreon, figure out the tier that interests you and, uh, you know, help. I would like on. to make a pitch for the uh, the unedited podcast tier. Uh, and here is here is I will tell you why. Um, I tend to go on rants during the the recording of this podcast, and I know you're all aware of that because Tim and Curtis have left left rants in where I've just kind of gone off. But I guarantee you that I go on probably th- a third to two thirds more rants that they cut completely out that are not on the show that you can then listen to and learn more about me, your friendly neighborhood gay curmudgeon. I'll tell you what, when you do spend your hard-earned money on us well-deserving souls, you will get the bonus of hearing a longer episode. There may not be that much new content, but there will be ums. There will be long <laughs> ass pauses between in the middle of a sentence for no fucking reason. And you cannot miss out on the fun that that gives you. I have to tighten it up because I know you got, I know you got no time to be listening to a, an hour and 20 minute episode when you really only want to hear an hour. So I'm doing this for you, but do the Patreon for you instead as well. Also, as well also yes and of course check out our sponsor and and i also also you hear a lot on the regular episodes that you don't hear on patreon you hear a lot less of me saying stupid shit that is you know might be racist certainly cancelable so if you want to cancel curtis genuinely curious about these issues for a reasonable monthly rate you can help cancel curtis Oh, Which I is really to, a goal. I dare you to fucking try it. I dare you. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'll tell you something. I got nothing to lose. I got zero. I got zero to lose because Ophelia's dead. Yeah, what she what, is. What do I got to what do I got to lose? <laughs> All right, let's dive into this episode. Okay. Um, so uh the episode begins with Daniel playing a memory game game with Ophelia. Yeah, they're playing that that game, you know, that you played in third grade where it's like, find the boat, you know, where the cards are all lying in front of the table on you in front of the table. And they're like, you know, and you have to like match the two cards. It's what you did before Minecraft. Right. If you and it's that. really, you know, but like I said, it's a, it's a sensory game for kids, but it's also used with people with dementia. Fuck Minesweeper. That's what I see. My brain. Look at what happened to me. And so um, Ophelia is helping Daniel beat the game, like play the game. Well, like actually, he... no, Ophelia is not because Ophelia is very dead. Oh, Luciana. right. Luciana. Luciana is helping. Uh, I'm going to do that probably the whole episode. Well, Considering that Daniel is very confused throughout most of this episode, it's apparently contagious. Right. Um, so so Real she's helping game. him cheat the game. Like he's he he flips <laughs> over the boat card and then he's looking 
and he reaches for one and she goes, uh, uh, uh. And so he uh, goes for another one and it's the boat. So she's not helping him retain his cognitive abilities. She's essentially just helping him so she can make herself feel better about his fact that he's losing his mind. And so uh, Daniel uh, somehow gets fixated on the boat card and decides that that is a message from Ophelia saying she he wants her to find him. And I can uh, imagine backwards that he she wants him to find her. I can imagine that a lot of people were watching this episode and being a little bit triggered by because they've had to deal with family that had. Yeah. You know, and and I really, you know, despite the just the frustration that I felt watching this episode, uh, uh, I felt that they did a really good job representing that well i remember when uh it was revealed that daniel was having cognitive issues we talked on that episode about how interesting it was going to be for them to like how would somebody who is go you know becoming demented gonna deal with the freaking zombie apocalypse right and this is the first chance we've had to really explore that and uh too long didn't read a uh, real fucking badly it's very dangerous well and i think that when it comes to this particular individual how they're dealing with their dementia versus how another person would be because daniel is a trained killer Right. So he has a slight edge above the average person who would be dealing with dementia in the in the apocalypse. Right. And unfortunately, like his his falling back is going back to an extremely violent place. He had over the course of this series made peace with his past for himself. Mm. He went through that whole process. And unfortunately, uh, with with dementia, he is now having to go through that entire process again because interestingly enough while these shows have a tendency to cycle characters through the same thing again and again and again and again and again and again and again rick went through it all morgan's been going through it on this show dangerous morgan pacifist morgan dangerous Morgan, you know etc etc this is a situation where there's actually a reason for it aside from I mean, it's a story-driven reason, but it's aside yeah. from, you know, the Morgan's been too nice for an entire season. Let's break him down again. You know, I mean, it's manufactured, but it's more organic. Right. I mean, it probably doesn't hurt that we get to 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 go back to that angst. I really actually liked the, the, way, the way that they did it, you know, having him trapped in this, this moment of, I need to make amends to the only person that I don't think understood me is really, really, really good. I like it. And it's a different way to go about because he had made peace for himself. He had come to the realization that the things he had to do, he had to, he had no choice, but he is exploring in this episode and that he didn't get to make those explanations and kind of work with his daughter to come to some sort of reconciliation together. He had a lifetime of lies to to deal with before all of this happened. And of course, it's really hard to have those 
personal, deep conversations when you're running for your life. And you know, I kind of wish he had like part of his job was like UFO secrets. Mm -hmm. And then he could be busting those out that there's we are not alone. You yeah. Know, not only are there zombies, but there's aliens. Season eight. You're the walking dead. That's all, they, that's all they need to add, honestly. Like, I, you know, I'm surprised we haven't been fighting vampires and werewolves. Um, yeah, the anyway. aliens are going to show up. They're going to go, we saw your nuclear explosions. And that's basically a doorbell for us. So <laughs> we decided to come hang out. That's we, what we, I want. That's what I want for the Daryl spinoff series. Because if he's going over to Europe, he's in old school vampire and werewolf territory. I figure that, you know, that's a great opportunity. How is he going to get there? How is he going to fucking get there? Know, a, a slow boat to Europe, guys. I mean, what else what is he going to do? The, I mean, I mean, I get, I mean, I can see that. I, honestly, I, I, I know, like, I, I get the premise right now. It's, you know, he survives this next war. Commonwealth's got fuck tons of money and they've got a port in Oceanside because they're all going to end up together. We fucking know it. <laughs> and then uh, somebody's going to get the bright idea of, hey, we should go and see if anyone is alive in fill in the blank. And they're gonna so get, they'll get a they'll gonna, get a, a, a letter that drifts over in a bottle or there'll be some <laughs> sort of radio transmission that somehow gonna, made it no, across. The that's going to be why those two spinoffs exist. That is exact. I've decided it's going to be the end of the war. And then uh then there, somebody's going to be like, well, we need to start seeing who else is out there. And Negan is going to be like, I'll go up to New York and see if there's anybody in New York. And and Maggie's going to be like, I'll go with you because we're best friends now. <laughs> and then Daryl will be like, I like boats. And then him and Carol are going to go off to Europe. That's exactly why it's going to happen. That's exactly. I um, I, I will if we don't get Daryl saying I like boats <laughs> I think the internet should riot because I want this now hey Carol you know what I like boats <laughs> <laughs> I lived on a boat I lived on a boat oh, for a while that would be great anyway, so anyway there is a cache of weapons somewhere off in what would have been a B plot if this show had a, a, a B plot. This is a this is a pretty much only Daniel and Lucia episode. And they do that thing that that Curtis hates twice. Because <laughs> first they're like, who's gonna go to the cache and get the weapons? I'll go. Oh no, I'll go. It's not safe. Well, I, I should go when you should go. And look, I'm I'm begging you, AMC. Tell your fucking writers to knock it off. I've had and, it with that bullshit. And so then that 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 guy with dreads uh, that Alicia liked for like a hot minute. How does he have awesome dreads? Well, I mean, once you've got him, you can just keep him going yourself. How are any of these people not just filthy all the time? Yeah, how are they not all got dreads? To be called the crawling uh, mice. So anyway, uh, he comes in. It's like Daniel's escaped. Somebody's got to go after Daniel, and they do it again. Oh, I'll go. No, you can't go. It's too dangerous. I'll go. They do it twice in a row. They do it twice. I would like to digress here for a moment. Okay. Because I watched this show called Call the Midwife. Mm -hmm. And Call the Midwife is about sweet little nuns in the 60s delivering adorable babies. And it's a very soothing show that I watch when I'm feeling, like, stressed. 
Mm -hmm. uh, because literally nothing happens. There is no plot. It is just, just soothing. Like, but there is a character on the show uh, named uh, uh, Sister uh, something. Oh, shit. What's her name? I bet it's Mary. No, it's, uh, it's not. It's like Sister... Ruth Catherine or something. I don't remember. Oh, shit. I'm so mad at myself. Anyway, but it's an older nun and she has dementia. And at least once a season, if not twice, the plot revolves around uh, Monica Joan. It's Sister Monica Joan is her name. The plot revolves around Sister Monica Joan has escaped the convent and now we have to spend an entire episode looking for her while she's out you know, counseling to homeless people and uh, and picking wildflowers because she always goes on the most insane adventures that she cannot remember when she gets back. So when that happened, when somebody came in and was like, well, Daniel escaped, you know, Daniel left. He's got dementia. Nobody was watching him, so he just left. I thought of that, like the fucking Monica Joninus. See, they missed an opportunity here for a crossover. Yes. Is Daniel wanders <laughs> off and he finds a nun in the woods. <laughs> right. And, and they have an adventure that she doesn't remember. So she goes back to the convent, which is completely isolated from the zombie apocalypse. And they're like, what happened to you? Like, I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I've been fighting zombies out. for a week. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. You know, I so, thought I had a fairly uh, decent understanding, at least being able to hear and translate Spanish. No, sir. I do not <laughs> found that out this episode because so, a lot of subtitles I had to read. Yes. Well, and I think that, that we watch this show depending on we we're watching a digital file and sometimes they don't have subtitles and sometimes they do. And luckily this particular episode has the, those with it. I mean, a good chunk of this episode is in Spanish. So there is, if you're, if you speak Spanish, then it's obviously the nice little bilingual bonus but if you're not and you don't have the subtitles on or you don't, you know, or don't have access to them, there's a lot of story happening that I think, A, is really nice because these are characters who Spanish is their native language. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be constantly speaking in, in their second language when they're talking to each other. And I think that you get a kind of nice twist later in the episode when it turns out that somebody else speaks Spanish too. Right. So, um, so Lucia and Dreadlocks, go out to get Daniel. They go to find him. And they find him almost immediately. He's at a playground looking for his daughter, Ophelia. And he tells that's when he tells him about the boat. She, he thinks that Ophelia is sending him psychic messages to go find her on a boat because the last place he remembers seeing her was on a boat. And that means that the last time that asshole remembers seeing his daughter is season two. Because they went inland on season three, started fucking people up on the in the mainland of Mexico. Well, I mean, losing yourself in time is unfortunately a very real part of dementia. So right, and and Daniel doesn't isn't just locked back into that period. He's bouncing around. So Lucia tries to convince him that that uh, Ophelia is dead, and he gets real personal real quick, where he's just like, "You're just trying to take her place. You want to replace your my your." in my daughter's life and that's not cool and you know then they are surrounded by that guy the blonde guy that hates alicia argo arno fucking arno what a fucking name uh his little group 
and they bring them back to Ardo's people's camp, which I have to admit is pretty boss. <laughs> like I love that camp. They just found a boatyard. Well, yeah. here's the fascinating thing. First of all, these are these are not your standard survivors of the apocalypse. This these are the cultists. Yes. These are these are the folks who, you know, were following, you know, psycho Lionel Luther. Oh, back in the bunker thing? Yeah, yeah that's these are the these bunker people. Are. Oh. So the bunker people somehow either stumbled across somebody else's setup and they who were all dead from for this uh, you know, aquatic park um thing but otherwise turns out they're really effective at building themselves a nice little settlement i mean either right. way they got lucky or they're very they turn out to be pretty talented folks yeah so in this in this basically it's a it's a storage place for boats and for like rvs and that sort of thing and it's got some some big uh containers like it's just a junkyard for big big stuff and what they've done is they've taken the ladders and some platforms and built walkways in between all of these things so it really like they have some sort of like gate system but it also kind of doesn't matter if walkers get in there because they can't get into any of the things that they're on or in and they can go anywhere they want on top and i thought that was really boss yeah pretty neat it reminded me of the Ewok Village. <laughs> Ewok Village. Totally. They're the Ewok Village. Yeah. yeah. Terrifying little teddy bears of doom, the Ewoks. <laughs> would have been neat if they would have threatened cam- cannibalism like the Ewoks did. Only technically that would have just been them eating another. It wouldn't have been cannibalism. You know, the Walking Dead universe, though, has gone to the cannibalism well yeah. so many times. More times I, than I don't think really it needs to I don't think it does it enough. I think I'd rather have them do that three times an episode than you've got to go. No, I've got to go. Oh, no, no, I'll go. It's too dangerous. You're you're delicate. So I'm, but if, if they combine the two. No, we can't go. You can't go because there's cannibals out there. Because we're cannibals. <laughs> one, one time, one time it'd be cool. If I, I've got to go do this. No, you can't go. I'll go. And he's like, let's just stay here then. Yeah. And Why then they just... do. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then everything's fine. Fine. Nobody has nobody has to deal with any trauma, traumatic emotions. <laughs> Everybody just like they sit there and play cards, have a conversation. Um, so anyway, oh, oh, Arno has has lost a hand, but you wouldn't believe it based on the prosthetic that the uh, FX department or the, the costume department gave him because it looks like he's got his hand in a muff. Yep. The whole time. Yeah. It doesn't look like, oh, that man has lost a hand and that's his stump. It looks, oh, that man is wearing something on his hand. I've never been able to get these these uh, special effects artists to understand that proportionality in a human being, if it's off, it's evident. And if right. you've got a stump that's four or five inches too long, that's very clear to and everyone. The, and it's also, it didn't help that I feel like our, the actor who was playing Arno was not keeping his hand straight. Like he'd hold it against his torso and he'd like, bend his wrist Mm. so there's an obvious hand in there (laughs) well i mean they they found a really good way around that with with, uh what's his name uh abraham no uh aaron uh, with the spiky ball hand because his fist is just up inside that ball 
Yeah. Oh, and I love Alicia's. Like Alicia's fucking. This is my arm. Like yeah. <laughs> this was my arm, and now it's a. Yeah. Uh, and that's like a that's like a real prosthetic. They just yeah. made one. I was. They should just f- have a couple of those hanging around. So when they have a character with one hand, they can just throw him in there, tuck his arm behind his back and shoot him at an angle. The effects team looked at each other and said, based on everything, absolutely everything the show has established from the beginning, Arno died because he got bit on the hand and walked around before anybody lopped that thing off for a very long time, which means he turned and he died. This is, we don't care. If you guys are going to pay attention to the rules, we're not going to try too hard with the effects, okay? Yeah. <laughs> right. I agree. So anyway, um, Arno wants the cash weapons, and, and he somehow knows that Daniel knows where they are or something, or like thinks that these guys know where they are. And I think they do. I think Lucia Lucia does. She was the only one in the room when they were talking about it. So they're going to, he's going to question them. So he takes dreadlocks and he puts them in a shark cage and there are walkers down on the other, like on the other end, like, uh, you know, underneath this boat or whatever they're on. And so he's going to lower him down into the walkers and it's like, oh, no, I'm so in trouble. Meanwhile, Lucia and Daniel are locked up in like a makeshift cell. Oh, and there's this real obnoxious little little idiot with like floppy bangs named like Skylar or, or Petra or something dumb. And, and he's been put as their guard. It's worse than that. His name is Sage. Sage. Oh God. They they put one over on Sage every single minute he is on screen. That poor idiot. The poor stupid moron idiot. And it's the guy, like when he shows up and like has a line, you're you're like, oh, he's gonna die. This is the guy that they cast to die mm-hmm. for the episode. So there's just like, you're just like Sage, you dummy, you dumb stupid moron idiot. Sage has never watched a single episode of Star Trek or (laughs) any show involving any character being Bonanza, I'm pretty sure, did an episode about this. Um, 24, I know, did. I mean, there's every every TV show. When you devote your life to enjoying sports, Sage, you don't don't learn anything important. He was a cultist. I mean, you know. So anyway, um, they trick Sage by saying that Daniel is going to give... Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I skipped over the whole part where Daniel becomes a liability for realsy reels. Yeah. Because he sees a boat and he decides that Lucia is on that boat. And Ophelia. he's got to get to that boat. Whoever, whichever uh, he, he, one is dead. His daughter. He thinks yes. it's the boat from season one. Is that correct? Right. Season, he, season two. He thinks it's... Are they, no, it's, they were on, oh, yeah, it was season two and three that they were on the boat. Okay. And uh, it is a clunker. Like, they were on a fucking yacht, and this boat is like, maybe was converted from a pontoon boat into a houseboat. It's that bad. And yeah, it, it's one of those boats that you see on YouTube where somebody gets it for free because the owner's like, I don't want to fucking deal with this thing. It's been sitting here for 22 years. I don't even right. know. I don't even know what's in it. Just haul it off. And that's the, where they live now. 
<laughs> so so they tell Sage that Daniel is going to tell him where the weapons are, right? And so Sage takes Daniel to Arno just as they're about to lower what's his name with the dreadlocks into into the zombies. Daniel convinces Arno and they pull poor, you know, whatever his name was. Wes. Uh, Wes. They get him out and and Arno's like, I want, or, or Daniel's like, I want my daughter. She's over there in that boat. And I was like, what? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be this easy? Like, you brought a, you, you brought someone who's lost his cognitive abilities to this? Lucia tries to convince Daniel, but he's not having it. And Arno is being real. Connor's like, yeah, she's over there. You can, uh, you can have her if you tell us where the weapons are. And Daniel's like, of course you can. I'll tell you where the weapons are. And everybody's like, Daniel, please just stop it. But he don't. And uh, he sends, Arno sends half of his military group to go see if that's where the weapons are. This is the sequence where basically, you know, Luciana and, and Daniel are talking back and forth in Spanish and everyone who doesn't speak Spanish is like, what are you guys saying? And that's when Arno's like, oh, by the way, I speak Spanish as well. <laughs> I can hear what you guys are talking about. I understand it completely. Yes, your daughter is over there. I'll happily give her to you. I was like, nice, which doesn't isn't terribly surprising. They're in Texas. Mm hmm. I mean, there's a whole lot of bilingual people all over the country, but there's a lot of folks in Texas who are bilingual. That's true. Some people speak three languages, if not more. I once read a book in another language. I can. I looked at one. I looked at it. Looked at it with my face. I can say "Ich nicht spreche Deutsch so gut." I used to say that I speak Texan and I speak American. <laughs> so you know, because they're kind of different languages, honestly. I got some to-go stuff from this new Mexican restaurant here in town. It's a pretty good place, actually. Decor is shit, but it's a good place. The gal brought out my food, and I was like, cool, thanks. Can I get settled up, please? And she looked at me like I was like snakes were coming to my face because she didn't understand a word I said. And I was like, oh, my God, she doesn't speak Kansas. I said, can I pay my bill, please? And she was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was in college, we amused ourselves by learning how to say things like, please inform the American consulate that I am drowning in other languages. <laughs> oh, man. I can't remember and, any of it. <laughs> anywho, Arno puts them all back in, in their little cell. And, and Wes and uh, Lucia are like, why? Why did you do that? Like, seriously, Daniel? Like, why? He's like, I didn't tell him for realsies. <laughs> I lied, you guys. And and then they're like, but Daniel, he's going to come. The guys are going to come back and realize you lied. And he's like, yeah, in like a day, we could totally get out of here. And I can go get my daughter. We can get out of here. And uh, they're like, Fine. Well, and there's this interesting thing going on with Daniel, too, which is he's kind of aware that what he's trying to do with, in finding Ophelia is not real. He's like, I'm confused. I know I'm confused. I know I don't understand what's going on sometimes. But if I think about Ophelia, if I concentrate on Ophelia, things become clear. 
And it's not stopping him from thinking she's alive, but he's got a certain level of awareness that he's doing this to himself. On some level, on, mm-hmm. on some level, he still remembers that. He does express that to Lucia later in the episode from where we are. Maybe is one of the things she's using to justify what she does at that next, like later, but who knows? Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, so they trick fucking Sage again. They... they they Sage did the, not go to guard to, to guard school properly. He they slept the during oldest the class. trick in the book. The oh no, he's sick. Come in, he needs help. Won't someone help this man, please? <laughs> Thor Ragnarok, they did the yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's so freaking funny because it's like, oh no, Sage is gonna fall for this stupid fucking thing again. And he does. And uh, they get him by knife point. They make him take them to the boat Ophelia is on. Of course, she's not on it. She's not alive. And he's like, she's not on the boat, you guys. And they're like, take us to the boat. He's like, he's, she's, she's not on the boat. She's really and, not on the boat. We'll see how Wes like, yes, we know she's not on the boat. We still have to go. We go still to have to go there. I'm sure it'll all work out if we go to the boat. Right. So they go over there. And, Spoiler and- alert. It does not work out all right. <laughs> they go to the <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't really. Oh. And Daniel is, you know, obviously upset that she's not on the boat. And he's like, Arno told me she was on the boat. And, and they're like, Lucia's like, yes. And I've been telling you for hours that he lied to you. She is dead. Or when are you going to listen to me? And uh, so as retaliation, Daniel's like, well, I guess I've got to kill everybody here. And he starts with poor old dumb, stupid Sage. By Sage tries his- to save himself by talking about knowing something about Wes's brother. Right. Um, Daniel doesn't give him a chance to finish. Cuts his throat. Which was the kill of the week. <laughs> right. The zombies in this episode were not my favorite, you guys. I don't think they looked very good. Well, these are supposed to be the radioactive zombies. So they're supposed to look different than the regular zombies. Because yeah, um, they got oils on their skulls. So. No, I mean, like when they did close ups of their little their little zombie faces, mm-hmm. I didn't like their masks. Like I could see they seams did. They did. and it just rubbery. it just didn't look it looked rubbery. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. I'm not talking about the aesthetics of the actual design. I'm talking about the the uh prosthesis the execution no, i didn't true. like so daniel hightails it over to where arno is and of course he's over there by that cage they like to lower people into zombies at and he's there with an ex- exposition lady who is telling him there's these walkers these the, the radioactive walkers that have been collecting in that crater are somehow getting out and they're coming this way won't we figure out something to do about it, Arno, since you are the leader of this group. And he goes, yes, I am aware that those things are the things. And now I will think on those. And she says, excellent. I will go to another place now. (laughs) And she walks away Mm -hmm. and immediately, like, they passed each other on the walkway. (laughs) Daniel shows up and is like, ha ha, I have fooled you, but you thought you could fool me by saying my daughter was here when she's not, and now you gotta die. Yep, so so his cold ass has to go in the in the, in the the shark fenced area, right. shark cage. 
which Daniel is right. It's not a very effective interrogation tool because like the second that Arno is down there, he's bitten like six times. You know what he does though? He talks. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he ends up talking. Well, but the thing is, he ends up not talking to Daniel. He ends up talking to Luciana because, right. and I, I do have to say that despite the fact that he was awfully calm and lucid at this point, I would not think that being calm and lucid would be the state that you would be in. When I basically, think he was in shock. I, I, I That's the only thing that actually works. But even then, I mean, he's very responsive even for being in shock. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter. He gets his legs pretty shredded. And that was yeah. a pretty cool effect. I'm, fr- I'm pretty okay with uh, that whole scene. But here's what I would have liked to have seen. The electricity for the for the winch system. He's like, I'll tell you what you want. I'll tell you. And then they start to raise him out, raise him up, right? Just in time. And then the battery dies and he gets eaten. Yeah. That's what I would have written. But AMC won't hire me. So there you go, fans. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that we were trying to get jobs. I I am. I haven't. I haven't had a job. So, folks, for we don't have this tier currently on the Patreon account, but we could make one, which is the get Curtis hired by AMC tier. Why does Curtis get to get hired by AMC? Because I have the best ideas. <laughs> Fine, we can get you hired at AMC too, Dustin. I've always said that I'm an idea man. After Ardo dies. <laughs> You <laughs> see, it turns around and she's like, well, we can't, we can't leave these idiot cultists here. They're going to get themselves killed and we need them to take, take Strand's tower. And Wes is like, you're never going to be able to convince them to come with you because you just killed their leader. And Lucille looks at him and is like, they were in a cult. They're extremely susceptible. <laughs> I'm sure it will be no problem. She just Spoiler walks. alert, turns out to be no problem. Yeah. She walks she, down and says, I'm your God now, you're coming with me. And there's a, an exposition lady is like, that sounds exactly like I think what would want to happen. If, if Arna was here, this is what he would say to do. Yeah. Oh, no, it's worse than that. She's like, it's what Teddy would have wanted. And I'm like, oh. whoa, no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what Teddy would have wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know our heroes just roll their eyes and go, "Yes, that's that's, that's right. That's the case. That is the case." And so then, like Daniel in the middle of the room is like, "It's not going to work because you know, like Strand's going to not. You're not going to be able to beat Strand." Oh, well, uh, with an earshot of the other people in the room. This isn't like a little aside. Yeah, that's another that's yeah. another Walking Dead rule, apparently, where you can have you can walk two feet have a loud conversation and the person two feet away from you can't hear any right. of it for yes. the purposes of this story. I would have been great to see people stop and turn and look at it and go, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is he talking Nobody about? Nobody does that. This makes Lucia go, you're right. We don't have a chance. We need Daniel because he's the only one who has outsmarted Strand on more than one occasion, which I would like to see receipts of personally also, Alicia is still there. Also, Morgan has outsmarted Drand on more than one occasion. Like, you know, she's putting a lot of stock in Daniel as a, as a, as a source of, like, might in this moment that I think is undeserved. Well, I mean, Daniel is the guy you want to go to when he's lucid for, you know, straight up murder things. Yeah, that's true. And so Wes is like, 
oh no, you're not, you're not going to do it. Are you? And she's like, I feel like I've got to do it. And he's like, oh, please don't. And so then she like goes over to Daniel and says, Arno told me right before he died that he knows where Ophelia is. And Daniel's like, oh, where is she? And he and Lucia says, Strand has her in the tower. And he's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to use my considerable skills to get her out of there, aren't I? I'm going to have to be the demented person who's leading your army into, into battle to save my daughter, who on some level I know is dead. Well, he actually looks at her and says, you know, you told me she was dead. And she's like, I was wrong. He's like, okay, but if this turns out to not be true, if you are just saying these things, I am aware enough to know that this will break me. Right. He'll he'll get like right right to the gates and he'll be like, wait a minute, this is all fucked up. What are we doing here? Right. Just total clarity for five minutes and then we'll have to deal with that. Well, and not only that, but like if, if this, if we're supposed to take what happens with Arno tonight is foreshadowing, Daniel does not take it very well when he realizes that he's been lied to about the fate of his daughter. Right. And, you know, so what are we supposed to, you know, are we supposed to be worried that he's going to like come out of it for a second and like realize Lucia, Lucia is lying to him and like, you know, become a villain? Like, like, are they going to stop Daniel? You know what I wish that they had done? You know, they could have done this. You know, my sister works at uh, a uh, elder care facility that specializes in people with dementia. And so she works with people with dementia all the time. And one of the things that they do is they don't challenge their delusion. So there was this woman who lived there for a really long time who at night thought that she had to catch a bus. And so she had a little bag packed and she would come to the office every 30 or 40 minutes and be like, oh, I need to go. I, I need to go and, I, you know, to the bus stop. And, and Katie would say, yes, I know, Margie, we're leaving in about 10 minutes. And Margie would say, oh, excellent. Thank you so much. And she'd go back and sit down in the living room. And then in about 30 or 40 minutes, Margie would come back in and she'd be like, oh, I've got to go because I'm going to miss the bus. And Katie would say, I, I know we're going to leave in about 15 minutes. And she, oh, once she, once her mind was, oh, okay, we're good. Then she was fine for a little while, sometimes a long time. You know, they could have just been like, oh, Ophelia was just here, Daniel. She's in the other room. Oh, Ophelia's here. She's just, she went, she went to go get supplies. She'll be back in 10 minutes. That's weird. It's interesting that you say that. I didn't know that that was a thing that you could do. Um, Because when I was a kid, I kind of got yelled at one time because this, uh, I was mowing this lady's lawn and she came out and she had her handbag and, and she was all dressed up and she was, you know, in her seventies or eighties, she comes out, she interrupts me and she says, I need you to take me to the bank, please. And I was like, okay. So we get in my car, which was a Camaro (laughs) and we, we went down to the bank and I just parked it. I said, here you go. I'll wait out here. She goes, she walks inside. And then about three minutes later, the president of the bank has got her arm and is just being so sweet, puts her, guides her out. And I'm like, I get out of the car. I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, she's got dementia. She, she, uh, 
she's got no business here. I don't know what this was about, but don't do this again. And I was like, come on. I was being a nice guy. Why are you? Yeah. Just give her some money then. Just give her some money so she can go home. Be a dude. Yeah. Well, I I think that uh, there's a difference because, like I said, Katie, like this was a secured facility. These people lived in and Katie wasn't like driving them to the bank and shit. She was saying we're leaving for the bank in 10 minutes. So, I mean, there's levels to it. In Norway, they have, uh, in the Netherlands, they have full facilities for people with cognitive problems that are set up. Like, for example, if you, if your dementia has led you to believe it's 1960, then you live on the 1960s ward that looks like a street from the 1960s <laughs> and plays music from the 1960s and has a grocery store that looks like it's from the 1960s and you live there you live in the 60s uh the way we that we treat our 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 people that have cognitive problems is crazy in this country and i'm not going to go into it hopefully maybe people will watch this episode and have a conversation like that you know maybe My, my my mom that i take care of who's elderly is not currently showing any signs of dementia except when it's convenient because when she says something terrible to me and then a week later she wonders why i'm pissed off i'm like because you said this thing she's like no i didn't i'm like oh yeah okay <laughs> then, she, then she does finger gun it's like i got you i got dementia <laughs> pale, pale. i got the i got the dementias <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> it's super rare, convenient. It's a rare occasion when that happens. I'll give her a little credit there. So it's uh, pretty easy to take care of, though. I'll tell you that. There's an interesting question when it comes to Daniel, though, because Daniel focused on trying to find Ophelia is not necessarily the Daniel who is the most useful to the people around him. True. But in this particular case, if Ophelia is inside the tower and Strand is holding her hostage, then Daniel is never going to let anything stand in his way to get to her, which is what they want. It's not very, you, you're not exhibiting a, a, a penchant for long-term thinking if you think that lying to him about this is going to work out great. Wes is very unhappy with the choice that Luciana makes. Right. As well, he should be. Well, he should be. And yet the logic of the situation that they're in... I completely understand why she made that choice. This is all Morgan's idea. He brings it up at the very beginning of the episode. We need to exploit him because he knows. He knows how to get to Strand and all of that. And so in order to keep him on the team, Luciana just reinforces that. She has to make the decision to do it because originally she wasn't down with it. But now now she's cool with it. Uh, You know, and that's it's it's such a weird gray area that they find themselves in they have to save themselves they have to figure something out that includes daniel and he would be great to have contribute to that but at the same time he's crazy uh so west decides that he can't be with this group of people anymore because they're just as bad as strand and so he takes his talents to long beach he goes to strand and just i guess tells him just tells him everything like i don't understand why he did this like i find this whole this whole thing completely ridiculous except for the fact you know he's got to you know like survive i guess 
he did it because the script required him to, because his whole argument that you're just as bad as Strand. Okay, let's consider this for just a moment. Strand currently condemning people to death by not letting them into the tower. If they're in the tower, condemning them to death by tossing them off the tower, straight up murder killing people by hurling them down to the zombies below. Luciana telling Daniel his daughter is alive so that he can help bring down a dictator. Compare, contrast. Wes is taking a lovely principled stand here. That's dumb. That's but dumb. it's going to lead to his betrayal, which doesn't make him any better than anybody else either. Yeah, he's just betraying his group again. There's another person. He's, he's just like Strand. Meanwhile, everyone else who's in the tower with Strand of our of, of this group is like actively working against him and he has no idea. <laughs> Apparently that was in the preview, though. That wasn't this episode. Preview right. for next week. There's shenanigans. Well, and they go back to the sub. You know, some people call this a hoagie. <laughs> a hoagie. Call the sub ho hoagie. I get it. I ah, these are the folks. Jokes. <laughs> that's that's it though, right? That's yeah. pretty much the end. Well, they've got they've got they found the, the weapons cache. Oh yeah, yeah. They've, and meanwhile, <laughs> which seems to be a bunch of machine guns, but not as many as I would think there would be, considering how everyone was excited about this, but whatever. And, and they're like, all we need is an army to carry them. And Luciana shows up just at that moment with Exposition Girl. And Exposition Girl is like, we are the cultists and we are very susceptible to, to suggestion and direction. And now we work for you. And Morgan's like, yay. And Daniel's like, we're going to get my daughter back. And Morgan's like, what, what? Like, what? <laughs> Lucy, I was like, don't worry about it. Like, Shut up. <laughs> yeah. And now we're going to have the war that we were promised at the end of the last break. Right? Right? Sure. Right? No. Well, no. I mean, without the girl who started it. Yeah. She's, she's nowhere to be found. Right. Why the fuck is she gone? What's the deal? Oh, because there's only so many episodes he was contracted for this season. So I like. We don't get an end to her. Well, I she's like just... Ruben Blades. I really, really do. He's a fantastic actor. And he's just eaten this part alive. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's he... just such a he does so good. Every I... like every time he's on screen, it's a delight. You can't take your eyes off him. Daniel is one of the most compelling characters of this show from the beginning of the show. And Ruben Blades just kills it every time. I always like seeing him on screen, but there's a whole lot of padding this season. This season has got a whole lot of side quests. I feel like they didn't want to actually do any of the things that they are talking about. Doing. Nobody wanted to do any of the things that they are talking about doing. They knew they couldn't get Kim Dickens back to the last episode of the season. And they really wanted her in, in the fourth episode of the season. So they had to fill in all the blanks. so They could push her back. Something like that. It, it feels like that. It's like they had to reshuffle the schedule and add stuff in. And I mean, maybe this was their plan all the way from the beginning. It's not like the walking dead universe they hasn't had seasons know. full of padding before. They don't know what the fuck they're doing from one. This show hasn't had. Yeah. I'd love, I would love to have uh, the team of writers on this show and just grill the shit out of them. What are you guys thinking? 
I mean, let's go back a couple seasons and talk about your thought process of how this story happened. Inevitably, they're going to talk about political shit, actors complaining about stuff. They're not going to talk about anything that would serve the story. Just people's bullshit that gets a way of telling a good story every time. California, learn something. Well, I think that more likely they're going to get tell us that they had like four places they had to get through in the season. And they all had to build up to the last thing being in the final episode. So here's the four things you got to do. Fill in the blanks. Yeah, I get season, like, I get season two of Walking Dead. They, they were given no money. They had to figure out how to how to have a show and have basically one set. Right. But the uh, woods and this farmhouse are all you get. But in this one, they've got the awesome sets, but they ain't got shit going on for story. I mean, hopefully there'll be something coming up. I mean, I'm sure it'll all be worth it. I don't want to be too hard on these guys. Oh, I, I love your. Yeah, I, I know love the fact that you are a bright-eyed, optimistic little babe in the woods when you say things like that. Yeah, I'm sure everything will work out just fine. Look, it's, Thanks, my, it's to my advantage. It's to my advantage to make you think that I think that. And that's a very Daniel thing to do. There we go. See, it's all about manipulating the, the those around you to right, get what you want. Exactly. <laughs> no, I. What I, do we want? Exactly. I have to. I have to hold on to the hope. Because uh, otherwise, I'll go into spasms every time we start <laughs> to do this every week. Curtis, have I'm, you not not realized that we do this to punish ourselves? That the guilt of our sins weighs us down. And this is the only way that we can. Uh, we yeah, you guys can. Kurt, Tim and I, Tim and I, are actually uh, ghosts who who have to do a certain number of podcasts to pay for our sins, or we don't get into heaven. <laughs> well i mean you guys can punish yourselves if you want i am going to fall in love with my kidnapper whatever that syndrome oh is. yeah you're gonna have uh stockholm syndrome stockholm i'm stockholm syndrome the shit syndroming the shit out of this so basically what you're saying is that we're masochists but we're being sadists to you thus feeding into your masochism <laughs> pretty much I and think. thus the cycle repeats yeah and and it, the thing is i need it you know just once just once i would like to be involved in a podcast that didn't actually turn out to be some sort of sex play uh, is that likely though dustin is it is it are likely? you as asexual as norman reedus what are you as asexual as Daryl? Is that what you're saying? You just no. rather not have to. No, think I can't. About... I, no, I wish. I wish that I could tell you guys about my weekend. Actually, <laughs> oh, but that's a different we better wrap podcast. This shit up we got stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah, so and on that note, we'll leave. We'll leave you with your imaginations a running wild, folks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed us listening to us. Babylon about this particular episode. It, like I said, it's it's great to have Ruben Blades on the show. Uh, it's as an anthology, as much as an anthology show as this turns into, because we have so many different cast members. Um, we don't get these characters on screen all the time, so it's nice to have that back. So that has been fun to talk about. But you can let us know what you think. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Again, we've got a Patreon account. We would love to have you guys be part of that. Hey, our bottom tier is a dollar, so you know, hey. By all means, give us a dollar. Give us a dollar. You've got a dollar. Think of, think of us as your friendly guy on the corner holding a cardboard sign. That's right. Give That's very dollar. appropriate. Uh, take check out uh, outbreakchallenge.com. Save 15% off 
with the code zombie run. Get some exercise in it. It's yeah, fun. do that it's, too. It's fun and cool. You know, give leave us a rating, leave us a comment, all that fun stuff as well. We'll do this again. And uh, we, as this builds up to some sort of conflict of a kind, yeah. all we can go with is. It's not going to be what we thought. We think it's going to be. It's going to be probably not stupid. No, everybody's going to be friends by the end of the season again. Oh, probably. That's how it works. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Ophelia. Thank thank you, Lucia. (laughs) Good night, John boy. (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.